Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes already. This is a Mesh Musings episode where I do a relatively short overview, some might call a few of them rants, on a specific topic related to Data Mesh. I try to put uh, you know my few summary takeaways in the show notes too to make it easy to decide if this will be useful for you. Quick reminder as well to hit the Data Mesh Understanding link in the show notes to easily review listings of past episodes you might have missed, you know, that I've grouped up on different topics to make it easy if you want to do like a deep dive into governance or something like that. Do check out the Data Mesh Understanding offerings as well and the free community introduction and roundtable programs while you're there. Now with that, on to the Mesh Musing. When should you reorganize for data mesh? Mesh musings number 38. So this is a biggie. Do you need to completely reorganize your company or even at least the domain before you embark on your data mesh journey? And the answer, somewhat frustratingly, is it depends. But it certainly doesn't end there. Reorgs are expensive. Change is painful. Let's consider it carefully. And this is obviously just my view on it, but based on what I'm seeing, right? Let, with that, let's jump into some considerations. When you were first doing your proof of whatever, value, concept, minimum viable mesh, etc., I think reorganizing the entire company is extremely premature. I don't think that is going too far out on a limb to say that. But I also think, based on conversations with you know, over 100 plus interviews for this podcast and 100 plus additional conversations I've had with implementers, you shouldn't formally reorganize around the, the proof of whatever. And there are a few good reasons why. Now, this can be both on the domain side and it can be even the platform side. So we'll, we'll kind of just talk about these in general, but I'll, I'll wrap in the, the two different aspects of that and the governance side and all that. So first, you don't know what your end role and responsibility types will look like. As many have noted, there was a big difference between expectation and reality, right? This is kind of how we expected it to shake out. <laughs> then we actually started trying to do it and it just, that was not at all the case. So formally reorganizing, you know, creating new role names and assigning specific responsibilities is just setting yourself up for re-reorganizing, right? I think it also creates a real false sense of security, you know, kind of an, oh, we can use our back, you know, role-based access control, because we know the exact roles and we're going to know exactly who should have access to this and this and this. That just sets you up for changing over and over and kind of hard coding things to roles instead of making the right decisions. Instead of talking about responsibilities, making sure one person has the accountability and responsibility to make sure the other responsibilities are owned and taken care of. 
And by not reorganizing formally at the start, it also gives a ton of flexibility to the domain, to the platform team, et cetera, to figure it all out. It means that you know you don't have somebody who is your head of mesh data governance or something like that. You have people that are chipping in appropriately and that have the time and space to do so. Skunkworks data mesh, not going to work. But like how, how you actually get that and keep that flexibility is really important. If you listen back to Jessatron, aka Jessica Kerr, her episode was number 41. She talked about agency, not autonomy. I feel like that is such a crucial concept. We agree on what good looks like, or even good enough looks like, and we give people the capabilities and support to get there without predefining the path. This maintains the required flexibility for learning, and people can try different things out, right? Autonomy is just kind of throwing you out and saying, just figure it out. Agency is we're going to help you. We're going to we're going to talk about the end pass when you're when you're having something where you're <laughs> running across a bunch of brush and you need us to come help you clear it. We'll do that. It's about not setting the exact pathway because then you're you're defining it for them. But it is about helping them understand where you're trying to be and not just kind of saying, yeah, provide a bunch of value with data. And we're going to walk away. Plus, if there is one underlying episode from so many episodes that isn't talked about enough, it's, you know, kind of, quote unquote, you absolutely won't get it right on your first shot. Don't be precious, focused on fast feedback and iterating. A lot of people have have said certain things that that really play into that. That reorganization is a lot of company energy. Reorgs aren't free. When you are aware you won't get it right, why not opt for something not as expensive that gives you more freedom? You definitely don't want to be running this as a skunk works, but still, there needs to be room for experimentation and iteration. Carlos Sauna made some really good points on this in episode 150, where he's talking about you know, when you launch an initial data product, there's kind of a setting period. You know, you can think of this as like concrete or whatever, that it's not that it's insta set, right? That this is the thing that will be here for forever. You're getting that feedback. You're getting an understanding of what people want and and how you want to change it. That kind of needs to happen as well when you're figuring out the capabilities or missing capabilities around what you're trying to do uh, around data mesh. Now, I also want to offer pushbacks against my arguments and give some perspective about when to actually start that reorganization. First is a problem I anticipate many of you have, will have, did have, etc. Without a reorg, you can't get enough people, time, and focus on to make something like data mesh happen. You need something to allow you to pull people out to focus mostly full-time on building the platform and you need, you know, drastic enough time with the domains for them to learn enough about their data to participate and kind of create their data products and all that stuff. This isn't an easy spot to be in. My pushback on it, though, would be a few different options. Like, can you do the consulting team in a box model? whether that's internal or external consultants. You know, Scott Hawkins, episode 48, Winfried Etzel, episode 127, 
both talked about this approach. It is also sometimes called an enabling team and, and you know, they're very customized to what uh, each domain or each uh, team would need from somebody that's kind of outside of the domain. I think there is a specific model as well of this in team topologies. And within that, should you look to hire a contractor or consultants specifically to focus on certain aspects if you don't have the heads? I think this can be a pretty bad idea as you aren't building your institutional knowledge. Consultants should be part of the teams, right? Whoever's building this should be part of your teams that build the knowledge. But you can't buy your way to data mesh, either through tools or, or just paying externally. So I would say if you can do some staff augmentation to fill minor gaps, absolutely do it. But trying to shift it all to, you know, externally, that's fraught with a heck of a lot of danger. The last option is one where we that I don't think we consider enough. What about going slower? What's your rush here? I get it. We all want to be the latest and greatest, but it's okay to take your time. So kind of summing back on, on that point in general, that do you want to, do you have the capability of getting enough time and focus on this from the organization? If you don't, do you have to move at this speed or are you going to take a lot of risk and outsource it? If you can get a team that can help people, you know, go talk to Scott Hawkins, right? The ITV folks are working with ThoughtWorks. They've been very public about that. And, you know, they're helping them to bring up their capabilities up to speed, but they're not shifting the work onto them, right? They're learning how to do it internally because that's super crucial for the long run and for providing the feedback to the, the kind of more central platform team to build out the capabilities, all of that. So the second problem I anticipate is one uh, Pablo Hiner and Havo Granda at Glovo talked about. Wishing they had reorged better around their actual data domains instead of just their operational plane, right? They mapped their analytical domains to their already existing software domains that had been set by domain-driven design. And your software and analytical domains aren't going to be one-to-one. Uh, Vlad uh, Kononov's episode, episode, I think, 169, he, he really, really digs into a lot of this. Um, so now... Global is having issues trying to realign to those analytical domains because they are far enough down the road that there's more pain. I, again, this flows back to being super communicative that things will change as you figure it out and not getting people too used to the idea of solid, never-changing teams and boundaries. You want to balance that with reorg chaos, but letting people know things will change is crucial and that that change doesn't have to be super painful, that it's it's for the best and that it's not, you know, we're doing reorgs with a bunch of layoffs. It's that, hey, we understand that you have the capabilities to really, really advance what we're trying to do here. So we want to bring you into this, into this group and you're going to supercharge what they're doing. And, you know, from the global conversation and a lot of others reading between the lines, there's a lot of people that are having these issues with domains taking data ownership. So, you know, too much of the initial work has been handled by the data team instead of in conjunction with the domains. So, 
you know, those domains didn't feel the bad domain boundary friction because the data team was, was handling it all. So again, this is, do you want to completely reorg around that data domain you know, from the start, probably not. But do you want to get people used to the idea that there's a difference between the software domain and the data domain? Probably, right? It's it's just kind of good practice to get that in their head. So what's my general advice here? Honestly, first and foremost, team topologies. Go read the book, take their classes, whatever. I am by no means an expert on team topologies. Amara Gafur in episode 133 has a far better grasp. I, I think there's going to be an upcoming panel, or maybe by the time this comes out, there already was a panel on this. But Jamak literally used team topologies as her foundational change management approach when conceptualizing data mesh and when writing her book. One of the team topologies authors, Manuel Pais, was a reviewer of her book, while she was writing it, you know, he's mentioned in her acknowledgments and even I'm not, you know, no bitterness there. He legit helped her to write an awesome book. So what I'm saying is look for that, that building friction, look to create the enablement teams. When there is a transition happening, you don't have to completely rework the team if it will be relatively the same post-transition, right? If you need something that's kind of a rubber band and it's going to snap back into place, do you just need something that can kind of augment where that rubber band goes for that little bit of time? You know, how can you bring, and yes, not the, the best analogy in the world. How can you bring uh, in people to enable that transformation to happen, but not completely change the, the form and the, the working and the way that the team work, you know, is, is organized multiple times? Again, reorgs have a cost. So look there and start to ask many people, as well out in the community, what they are doing, how are they doing this? You know, like I said, I think there's going to be a panel on this. There's a lot around how we can do better change management at the the micro level around each kind of, uh, as we're creating each data product or each domain. And what are we actually trying to get out of that? And, And do we have to keep changing everything all the time? I was at an organization where I think we had five moderate size reorgs in six months. One guy I knew, he was a brilliant engineer and he was really w- willing to put in the work, but he, I think, had 12 different people that he reported to over an eight month span, right? And he just kept getting pulled in and pulled in, pulled in, but that just creates chaos, right? So how do you prevent the chaos? How do you get going? How do you figure this out without having to reorg everything? So one thing that I would say is communicate a whole lot internally. Let people know that things will change and how they are likely to change. But at the start, you aren't upending the world. Don't get overly focused on role titles. Responsibilities are what matter. And those can fall on different roles or titles or whatever in each domain. Make sure the responsibilities are owned and cared for. That's what matters at the end of the day. Yes, you want to harden things a bit more as you look to scale. So you aren't winging it in each domain. But even then, that's not necessarily the end of the world to be a little bit flexible. Sarita Bax mentioned some you know different sliding scales for each domain in, in episode 52 around the governance and how much that team takes on versus the central team helps them and all that. 
So focus on these rolling changes. You don't need to reorg the whole company when you are working with two domains out of 30. Focus on the organizational challenges of today instead of the organizational challenge of a domain you won't touch for 12 months. Again, communicate, why are we doing this? What is the point? Why is this good for people, et cetera, right? Try, test, iterate. Then you can start to say, okay, we are getting a handle of this. And this is when we're actually going to do a real reorg versus we're going to take people out of kind of their day-to-day to work on building the platform or, or help with um, building out these initial data products or you know, scoping out the the data domains and all that stuff. So, you know, if you have the juice to reorg at the very start, you have really, really high level buy-in, I still wouldn't even recommend it. I would maybe say, okay, we're going to kind of test our reorganization around this domain or these couple of domains and see if this works. But, you know, I want you as the executive sponsor to understand this is still going to change and we're figuring this out. I we can't be precious. We've had this problem with data that the when somebody looks at data, their understanding of that data is immutable, right? When I share something with you and it says that it's 10, in your brain it is 10 or it is wrong. And it might be that we have a different approach or we might have something where we go, hey, the way we were measuring it, we actually don't think that's the right way. And it's actually like 12 or it's actually, you know, nine. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, so what you showed me was wrong versus we need to get to a place mentally where that's not the case. And that's part of kind of that reorg strategy. Might sound a little bit far afield, but I think it's important to really think about that you don't have to apply all of the same exact approach to everywhere and you don't have to do it all at once, right? We need to give some space for understanding and iterating. And when you do an actual formal reorganization, that typically is is too much cost and pain versus, hey, can we set up a formal borrowing agreement or whatever you want to say for, for somebody like that? So obviously, this is just kind of my thoughts. This needs someone more focused on change management to give you guidance to your specific circumstances. But I think this will give you some decent food for thought on the topic. Think about when you start to reorg. Don't get ahead of yourself, but don't ignore friction and pain simply because change is also painful. You know, that was what I, I mentioned about a couple of folks where they've gotten too far down the road and now they're trying to do the reorg and it's it's just ultra, ultra painful. You can do this. You just need to to not get too precious about getting it perfect or even close to perfect at the off. I believe in you. And with that, Scott out. Hopefully that was a useful mesh musing for you. Please do rate and review the podcast. It really does help. And if you'd like to get in touch and see how I can be helpful to you, check out the show notes. I'm pretty easy to find. As I mentioned, there are some great free programs in addition to some very affordable things around implementer intros and roundtables on the Data Mesh Understanding website. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And with that, now on to the funky outro music. Mm-hmm.